while Icor's new series centered around creating jihadis and reciting Shakespeare entitled Icor's Virgin Giveaway may be better ratings than Milk and Cookies with Satrakian, we can all agree on two things. For all to see some explosive clarity and Dutch and Ephraim should probably be sticking to taking Uber, lest the next taxi driver confessional reveal strangely worded pedophilic tendencies about his own son again. All this and a crimson worm on tonight's The Strain After Show for Season 3, Episode 4, entitled Gone But Not Forgotten. Tune in. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. In the wind. Zach, I really hate your stupid guts. All right, guys, thank you for tuning in to the Strain After Show here at After Buzz TV. We're talking about season three, episode four, entitled Gone But Not Forgotten. I just thought Dust in the Wind, you know, kind of, kind of makes you feel a little bit like... Things are going badly mm. for everybody. Yeah, it's New York's having some troubles. The fact that Florida survived is good news, but everything else you're like, eh, yeah. Yeah. New York's having some real troubles and some fictitious problems. So tonight we get we get a lot of uh, commentary. I mean, we're coming off the heels of 9-11, of course, a week ago. And then we get, uh, there was a bombing in New York the other day. And this episode, of course, has a bombing in New York. It's kind of on topic. I was, I'm curious that... I'm curious if they had a conversation of whether or not to air this episode because yeah. of that. Um, I mean, it just happened last night, the bombing. Yeah, it's, you know? it's kind of very timely. But thank you for joining us if you're watching live. Uh, if you're listening to audio, please go to iTunes, rate us five stars, give us a comment, we'll give you a shout-out. Or mm-hmm. you can catch us here, uh, 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, Sundays, uh, on AfterBuzzTV.com or YouTube.com slash AfterBuzzTV. Joining me tonight is uh, a great panel of great people. We have Stacey Newsom-Santiago. Hello, where can we find you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at the Stacy Newsom. That's T H E, of course, S T A C E Y N E W S O M. And we have our uh, live chat roll stranger turned co-host uh, <laughs> Michael Young. Thank you for joining us. Hey, what's up, late LK at One Youngster, bringing that nerd soul. And you can find me at Twitter on at One Youngster O N E Y O U N G S T A. And you guys can find me on me on Twitter at Stephen Lemieux, S-T-P-H-N-L-A-M-I-E-O-X, also doing the South Park After Show here and a few other things. Um, so first up, let's go ahead and talk about the one question in the chat roll by Adam Fink says, so um, does Quinlan have a dork because why else cover it? I think he meant dick, but <laughs> That's yeah. what you were thinking in that scene? That's- no, that's what he was thinking, apparently. <laughs> I wasn't thinking that at all. I was like, oh, okay, it's just like they put a tarp over him. But I mean, it makes sense, but. Well, I was thinking, why isn't F wearing gloves? That's what I was thinking. Eh, I'm I'm guessing he does because they covered him, so maybe that's the the human half that stayed. You know, no, I don't think so. I real. think he's the same as normal. No, a mask. As any other Stragoy. F was wearing gloves. He wasn't wearing a mask. So I'm oh. thinking, why wasn't he wearing a mask? In that well, because I think it's he's not like afraid of him attacking him. Hmm. Like he's not afraid of. Yeah, they're friends. They're. Eh. I'm going friends. Well, they're, they're, <laughs> they're frenemies. They're frenemies. With friends like that, who needs enemies? Yeah, they're frenemies. <laughs> you guys are thinking so, about his his ding-dong? You guys are really thinking about I his was ding-dong? Like, no, it was Adam. Adam Fink in Adam the chat. Fink. Adam, you Why you got to make us look like that, Adam Fink in the chat? <laughs> All right, uh, guys, thank you for tuning in again. Um, I like this episode. I thought it was a good episode. Yes. Yes. Very solid episode. That's two back to back. One more good episode strain, and we've got what you call a streak. <laughs> I know, right? I'm, I'm excited because this is kind of where I wanted the series to go. I wanted it to be yes. interesting. I wanted things to move forward. I wanted people to deal with dilemmas and have to solve them. And it's like I know we're probably not going to get that. Well, we'll probably get the Bella girl, the reporter girl again, but she'll be in the chain gang, so oh, she's going to be yes. so good. I uh, think she's going to meet a quick end. Like this is 
Last episode and this episode are the first time in probably ten episodes of this show where I've been looking forward to the next episode. Mm. So yes. I think that's they're doing a great job if that's what they were going for, and I like seeing things progress. They yeah, progressed, yeah. but they kind of didn't because they, yeah. they thought they'd accomplished the mission, but then at the end it's like, oh, we're kind of back where we started. Well, they did destabilize the Strigoi to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's a that's a relatively big hit for a, for a master that's been walking around for two seasons like he's untouchable. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's a pretty it's it's not a full win for our rebel team or whatever, but it's it's a it's a nice hit. Well, we get a good line from Fett basically saying we disabled the Wi-Fi for the Strigoi, mm-hmm. which True. is yeah. a good quote because it's kind of like the master can attach itself to any of the consciousness, but running 20,000 of them at the same time is probably more difficult until he chooses another host. Yeah. But we do find out that he's going to be just as powerful as he was before once of he chooses a new host because he didn't even damage the the crimson worm that nobody thought to tell Quinlan about when you're trying to kill this thing. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, he that brought was it up. It was, it was a perfect writing moment when they had him address like, hold on. So, all this time, you never thought it would be interesting or of my benefit to know that there's one worm that definitely has to die because that is the essence of the master. Which leads me to wonder, why did the professor watch this worm just walk, just I, squirm away down into the, into the gutter in the last episode without doing anything about it? I, I saw a red worm. It was scurrying into the desert. I... I could have gotten it, but I was talking so staccato this episode <laughs> that I could not move forward because I was saying words like this because apparently that makes me seem like I'm angry, even though it just leaves the audience wondering why the fuck I'm talking like this. I was like, I don't, maybe he's sick or something? Or yeah, what was the deal with that? I know, it was like extreme this week, right? It was really extreme. Like, at least you can get a sentence out before, but it's like, Satrakian, uh, please, show, David Bradley, please, just show us show us pain. And David Bradley probably did this great performance of him being pain and saying, he's like, can you just talk really slow like you like you have a stutter or something? Break up all of your words. Break up, yeah. not even words, break up syllables. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, it was just, it was a little he weird. Was like, he was like, this is my happy face or my smiling face. It just looked like a regular face. I know it that. just didn't make sense because David Bradley is such a phenomenal actor that I'm yeah. just like, this has to have been a choice on somebody. <laughs> anyway, so let's go ahead and break down the first thing. We're going to talk about I cursed and fucking dickbag Zach. Um, oh. So, Zach's in bed. He hears growling. You're being a bully. <laughs> bully a kid right now. Zach, well, how Zach about you throw a tennis ball at me and <laughs> see if I stop? Zach deserves it on this episode because all of this time you never thought that any of them would turn on you. Mm-hmm. And he's just laying in the bed like it's just Saturday afternoon. <laughs> and then his weapon of choice. Was a tennis ball. Yeah, a tennis ball. I didn't see a tennis racket in that room. Oh, golly gee, Mr. Terrilligan. <laughs> oh, no. You're just going to attack me now. At least throw a chair. Was there a chair in the room? Well, I don't know. At least he hit him in the face. He, like, he hit well, he his did, target. He, he did hit him in the face. I will give him that. <laughs> all right. So he knows He knows all sorts of things. He knows that they use stingers. Yes. He knows that they're not very intelligent. So, okay, just hold the deadbolt so it doesn't open the door. Thank you. He also, like, he's got pizza boxes. Block the sting with the pizza box. He's got, like... His bed, like, put the mattress against the door. Move the bed against something. He's got his he mom. Just, mom. He called his mom. Mom, mom, 
Well, hey, mom, mom, help me, mom. Is that's what you do when you're a kid? You call oh, your mommy. Man. Hey, at least Carl could take care of himself by season three of Walking that's Dead. That's true. Yeah, that's true. true. I mean, yeah. he shot a kid in cold blood in that show. <laughs> <laughs> if only that kid was Zach, we'd all uh, be better off. Zach, he, there was a there was a part of me that was like, just go on and, and bite him. Just, just go in and bite him. Oh I gosh. know we can't do it yet. You guys are mean, but boy. Just, just bite this kid. And Am I let's correct move on. assuming that the person that went into the room was the kid that he saw his mom biting before? Maybe. I think it was the Steve Blues Clues shirt that he was oh, wearing. Man. So I think it was him. You think? Yeah. He looked like a grown up to me. Yeah, it was weird though. So he's going in. Kelly Goodweather comes in, breaks the neck, and was like, "It's okay, son, because I'm not going to eat you, but you smell." She, oh yeah, she got a little ooh. creepy there. She was sniffing on the neck. Yeah, she, she was getting sn- ready to go was, for it. She was sniffing the neck hard too. She was like, "This is like the sitcom family <laughs> dynamic gone wrong." Yeah. Where Kelly comes in and saves him. He's super happy. Oh, mom, thank you. And she's going <laughs> like she's gonna eat him. And then I chorus, you know, the everyone's got that Nazi German uncle who comes in. What's going on here? I'm going to just nip this right in the butt. <laughs> Like, you guys cannot uh, be doing this. You're a mother and child. That's just not good. Yeah, I'm okay. Are you really okay? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, this is a bad situation. There are going to be around. some changes around here. <laughs> but I, You best I, concentrate on that. Or play on words. Uh, one thing that's kind of cool is we, I guess... Maybe the writers meant to or maybe didn't. We saw Kelly definitely make a distinct choice between uh, Strigoi and her son. Mm. Yeah. We definitely saw that, like, or it might have just been a situation like, no, he's for the master. Mm-hmm. I got to save him for that. So what do you think? Do you think Kelly has somewhat control over her memories that she's gotten back now that the master is weakened? I think so. Mm, okay. I, th- but- I, think what I'm, I think what we're seeing is her having maternal protection or maternal instinct protecting her son. Okay. That's what I feel. So the reason I question that is because of the end of the episode with Ephraim and the master talking saying your son's with me always. So I don't know mm. is Kelly one of the ones that the master is making sure to keep control over or do you think she has some kind of chancing, chance of rebelling? I feel like for the sake of the drama she has a chance of rebelling. Yeah. Okay. You know, I think I think Eichhorst and Kelly are going to end up being a problem for the master uh, later on, uh, as far as either him being able to control them or maybe them wanting to, I guess, help him. You know what I'm saying? So I, I'm I'm expecting a little bit of uh, some friction between them uh, because Icorus definitely let us know he wasn't happy about not being chosen. And now that he's gotten a little taste of power with being able to control the... Um, the uh, the bombers, jihadi Stragoy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I try not <laughs> try not to use that term, but it's true. Yes. He gave them seventy virgin blood or something like that. I was like, what? So <laughs> let's move forward to this. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about this scene. So he says, "Time to act. We will strike back." <laughs> the Ico strikes back. Episode four. Straight to commercial after that too. <laughs> and he's like, "Oh crap! I meant a new hope." <laughs> Um, so Ikorst is talking to the Strigoi. He's got a bunch of normal-looking, made-up Strigoi that are, like, growling and stuff, but they're just, they look like normal humans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's promising... But they the got f- that, that tick. That- I know you are all hungry. <laughs> I will promise you the blood of 70 virgins. Right. As long as you complete this one little task. And they and, fell for it. And then he's quoting, <laughs> he's quoting Henry V, Shakespeare... Mm-hmm. 
Hey. And man. like while he's doing that, he's putting bombs into the chest of these Strigoi. <laughs> Those Strigoi are dumb. Oh my gosh. They're either dumb or dedicated. I don't know which one to, which one to, they're like, I'm really down for the Strigoi cause. So do you think that there's like an echelon, like a caste system that hmm. lets them obey Ikorus when the master's away? Or do you think it's like just he's trying to exert his influence over lesser Strigoi? Because I wonder if he can actually exert influence like the master can or if he can just do orders and hope they follow them. Hmm, Interesting. He, he must, like, have, you know, the master's authority over these Strigoi, and they must recognize that um, clearly. So I'm guessing, to a degree, they kind of know he's the right-hand man. Yeah. So I guess, you know, maybe they don't know that the master's been sort of, like, weakened. Maybe they don't know. They just know that they feel different. Because, yeah. I mean, it's not like they know what it feels like to not have the master there, so maybe they really don't know what they're feeling, but they do know that Eichhorst is the number two, He's I like guess. the substitute teacher. He's like the teacher's out of town, and then the, the kids, vice principal yeah, of Yeah, the- <laughs> and then like, you know, the principal's out of town, the vice principal's the one in charge of like the discipline or whatever, so like they know to like, <laughs> they better fall in line and do what the vice principal says, or the principal's gonna be really mad when he comes back. So, what did you guys think, I mean, this is where we kind of start the 9-11 commentary um, mm-hmm. for the episode. What did, you, did you guys think that they did this in like a disrespectful way or do you think that, I mean at this point we're 15 years past that people, TV can kind of play loose with stories around this? Um, I didn't find it disrespectful at all. I yeah. think it played really well into the storyline mm-hmm. um, and I was in New York on 9-11 so you know I think you know if anyone would be you know offended by I think I'm highly sensitive to those things and I felt like it was fine it was you know it was natural to the storyline okay it it didn't seem like they were trying to I guess like milk it you know it didn't seem like they were trying to I guess it didn't seem forced because you know 9-11 is always going to be part of the narrative of New York City you know and so you know the whole city's bombed out now you know it's like it's 9-11 every day in that world well I just thought it was a very interesting choice to bring in the like the jihadi kind of promise, yeah, it was like because that is that's a well, that's weird in con- in light of what happened last night in New York. Yeah, like there's but they didn't know that for people who don't yeah. get it in the faith of Islam. If you go to heaven, you get I think it's seventy two virgins. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, was, I don't know if it's all issues of Islam faith. I don't know if it's yeah, specific ones, but that's the that's the reference that Icarus was making. Yeah. So he's. We're directly referencing 9-11 later in the episode, and now he's basically creating suicide bombers while mon- mentioning Islamic terrorism. So, I mean, yeah. it, it was very on the nose, and I wasn't sure. Like, I'd like to know what the fans kind of thought of that, because I was just kind of... Weird. I was surprised they went that way. Hmm. Like, I'm not it, saying... It did seem kind of, like, out of the blue, but I'm... I guess it didn't... Didn't bother you. Yeah, okay. it didn't... It didn't seem like they were disrespectful, I guess. Okay. But it just did seem weird. I was like, they're vampires. Do they care? <laughs> I was like, but I was like, so I you, guess maybe they do. So you guys thought they kind of went like, or you thought they no, went just, out I, of their way to make that parallel, to draw that parallel? Well, he goes from talking about 70 virgins to reciting Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like it was like a line that was thrown in. So, like, they made it for a reason, for the parallel, but they 
literally said that line to directly draw the parallel. Mm-hmm. So I just mm-hmm. thought it was interesting. I was wondering how people in the chat and how one on, online thinking because it's like I wasn't offended by it. Like I totally understand it, but I just want to know what other people are thinking because this is a show that's seen by so many different yeah. groups of people. Uh, so let's move on to the outcome of this plan. We're going to talk about Commissioner Gordon, um, <laughs> who. For all that is Commissioner Gordon. Yeah, uh, so to, to a certain degree. Yeah. As I <laughs> as I break down this character, I will continue to call her Commissioner Gordon, just as I call Ephraim the head of the CDC when he's... <laughs> the bald head of the CDC. In fact, not the head of the CDC, but I will never admit that. What do we call well, Fett? Is it what he we, the most recent? What do we call Fett? Sexy! That's what we call <laughs> Fett. Sexy. Hey, if you can talk about Quinlan's ding dong, I, I can talk about how sexy that is. Okay, we were talking about it. It was Adam. Adam did that. Jump in, just sexy fat. Adam, man. you made us do that. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, shout out to uh, Haywood Wong in the chat and Mr. Gary needs abuse. <laughs> Where the hell are these SWAT vamps coming from? Is what Mr. Gary needs abuse. We'll talk about that with the yeah. Quinlan storyline. Okay, so she takes on this interview with this woman called Bella. And Bella completely side sideswipes yeah. her talking about these chain gangs of prisoners that surprisingly enough, Feralda, who last season had such a strong stance in like how to do these things, didn't actually know about these chain gangs. Not at all. But when you have a government who's pulling out the military after two weeks, and you have police officers who are dying because they can't obviously see that somebody's fucking mother in a wheelchair is a Strigoi and decide to let <laughs> decide to take the helmet off. Yeah. You kind of have to, you know, supply the front lines with some kind of people somehow. True. But so she gets sidelined and talks to Bella like, look, you're undermining the whole support effort. Cause well, you know what I liked about that scene, though, is that um, this kind of this is a kind of a parallel to how, you know, politicians, you know, are clueless in some ways or play clueless in the real world. And in the real world, you know, you find news organizations kind of aligning themselves <laughs> You know, not being, you know, very, um, I guess you can say objective. Mm-hmm. You know, you have like, you know, news organizations, you know, leaning left or leaning right. Super biased. And, and I like how this reporter was like kind of checks and balances on this woman. She was like, you know, okay, no, this is what's going on and I want answers. So that's what I liked about that scene. No, there's definitely a good parallel between the media in this and what yeah. the media is doing today. Um, it's, again, it's very on the nose, mm-hmm. just like the jihadi comment. It's It's basically like... You are directly interfering and causing danger to people by reporting on things like this when we need support right now. We Mm -hmm. don't need people questioning. Um, It's in the same way that, like, uh, I don't want to get in a rabbit hole here, but just the, the, the news coverage on police officers nowadays. It's like, yes, there are bad things happening, but some of this reporting is going too far and leading to violence towards normal police officer. So you know they're 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 kind of expressing their frustration through this character for all yeah, that and it feels then like. I do like the way she responded to it because she wasn't she didn't let that sleeping dog lie. Like she immediately was like, What's going on? Mm-hmm. Why do I have to like kind of like why do I have to hear about this from the you know from the news? Yeah. You know, and she was like, I want to see this. Well no it's not the reporter's fault. But she was definitely angry about Mm -hmm. it. With you know, with Frank, and wanted to know what was going on. The only thing is, I think she knew. She kind of knew when Gus, you know, told her, you know what, you know what you see is what you get, kind of thing. She she knew what was going on there. These guys are being forced. 
Well, she knows to, then. I don't think she knew before the interview. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. not before the interview. So let's get to that. Uh, we, I'm tying in Gus and uh, Joaquin. What's his, what's his name? Uh, Angel. Angel. Uh, I'm tying in Gus and Angel's storyline with Feralda yeah. because uh, they're get, they get woken up in this gym. They're just kind of kept like a chain gang, as they said. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're given weapons, no guns, and they're basically shoved into the tunnels. Shoddy weapons. We get to see <laughs> Angel's... Silver cross oh, yeah. knuckles, which I hope they give him gloves or something. To yeah, use he was them. wearing those leather gloves. Okay, that, good. You know, so he comes. He has the hands. So she takes Frank, and she's gonna go look at what these chain gangs are. Uh, Gus starts talking to the cop, basically saying, "Like, look, these people aren't prepared for this. I can do this. I know what to do. But you're just sending these people to their death." But Gus doesn't really care too much because he's never been one to really care about people unrelated to him. Yeah. Uh, he takes point in the tunnel. <laughs> We get two flanking him dead. Then the business guy is killed. Mm-hmm. I wonder if his character even got a name for his IMDb credit. Guy in the suit. Guy in the suit. Prisoner in the suit. And then Gus realizes the Strigoi are acting weird. Tells what's his face. I don't think we got a name. And then Feralt asks him. He's like, you can see for yourself. While well, this guy is like obviously threatening to kill yeah. Angel if Gus yeah. says anything. So Feralt is upset. She um, took out the Strigoi Wi-Fi, as Fett calls it, and Fett's kind of like selling the situation to her and saying we need to make a big push. We need mm-hmm. to send a bunch of officers down, which kind of plays out later on when the guy says we've already lost 60 people. Uh, yeah. So obviously they did start making that push that we might see more of next episode. Um, and now we see kind of Eichhorst's plan setting into motion. All these fake Strigoi people. Uh, beef yeah, like off. made up, mm. like made up, m- good foundation <laughs> Strigoi with like wigs or something. Yeah, so we saw because you got to th- remember, even Icorse has like a very well put together like uh, preparation for when he goes out. Like he has the nice hair. Yeah, he has right. The- <laughs> hey, he never knows when he's gonna run into a DTF girl at the bar. You know, uh. <laughs> maybe we'll see her later. Maybe not. Um, so I was kind of disappointed, uh, only in the fact that they clued us into the fact of exploding Strigoi in the season one, in, in the episode one mm-hmm. scenes from the season. Oh yeah. Cause like, right. as soon as I saw Icarus putting like little handle things inside of them, I'm like, oh, they're going to be the exploding Strigoi, which is cool. And I like how it played out, mm-hmm. but I was just like, man, I really wish I was kind of caught off guard by this. Like, I wish yeah. I didn't actually see them exploding right. in for all this office after the ep- first episode of the season. Well, what bothered me was that um, Fett, sexy Fett, uh, <laughs> sexy Fett, Jeep, was jump like, into hashtag the, sexy was, Fett. Like, the, the worms <laughs> exploded everywhere, and like, there's hardly any on him. It's like how it's I think like, he was like worm free. He was completely worm free, <laughs> you know. And then it's like he just watched the worm crawl into the woman's eye. It's like stop it, stop the worm. Well, he did put the light on it. He was just like, know, he should have flicked it off. <laughs> Let's talk about this. So the bombs go off. White goo everywhere, like a bukkake party in freaking <laughs> Chinatown. And everyone's oh, covered. Everyone's like, get it off! Get it off! Get it off! Fett, Help! 
Fett has plot defense. Yeah. He's got his yeah. plot armor. Yeah. He can't be harmed. Yeah. Uh, Feralda gets one on her, and Fett's just sitting there like... And he's watching it, and this is like that long moment, just watching that worm go in her eye. It's like, flick it off. It's like, hold still, hold still. Yeah, he, hold he's still. just putting the light on her like, this will do. I'm like, yo, the light's not helping, man. Like, like here, do something. Let's go in the wide for a second. Stacy, there's a worm on you. I know, right? Oh, there yeah. we go, it's up. That's all you have to oh do. Oh my god, it's up. Yeah. It? That's oh, all you have to do. Good. Or take a piece of paper. Oh, oh, oh. Like, yeah, that's all you have to do. Imagine if they did that, like they played up the, the com- comedy, and it's like, let me just scoop, scoop, it on, scoop it on the paper. They put a little Tupperware ball, they like, just leave it there. I'm like, he's just sitting there, but then he like burns it under Under skin. her skin, which was cool, but like, then why didn't any of them burn with... Uh, Sam Gamgee in the first season yeah. when they put the light up to his skin. Mm. That was yeah, a much more powerful maybe, they, maybe they've improved their lights. Their light technology. <laughs> <laughs> they've improved that's, the light that's technology. One of those things when, like, that's one of those things when like writers or the script supervisor is it like, hey guys, we can't put this in here because see, in season one we did this and it didn't work so we can't do this now. We had to figure out another reason or another way to fix this. But... I guess they were just like, hey, look, it looks cool. The scar looks cool. She'll be cooler with the scar. And you see, once she had the scar, she was, she, you know, I'm sure we'll get to it later. But, you know, she, she was guys, on mission after the We need the scar. to figure out a way to get Feralda in the makeup chair for 30 more minutes. What can we do? <laughs> the, make, the, makeup, the makeup artist has a crush on her. We just need to help She's that like, along. I'm indestructible. <laughs> She's so, like, I know where I need to go. I, I was kind of grossed out by that scene. Because I, I thought too. I thought we were gonna get like the the logo one where like it was actually oh, gonna yeah. bite into her eyeball and then I was gonna be like, Bleh. but no, it just like goes kind of into the side, which is weird because when Felix gets infected, it just bites into his hand and goes into his hand. Like I don't know why I was crawling around up here; it could have just bitten into her. Maybe her, maybe she has a hard head or something. That's where all the she got that hard head. For all that's got that hot head, she's gonna be a great governor in New York. She's great. Oh, you know she 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 got to fuck up the up. press, freedom of press, more like freedom of fuck you. I'm gonna like, take your computers. Take all these computers. Get them out of here. Yeah, I go to the pawn shop. I take all the computers, all the footage. Like she she the second they told her that uh, the second F told her, you know, you're clear, you're free, you're you know. You don't have anything to worry about. Immediately, she was like, "Let's go take down the reporter." It's on. So it's on. So that season, that that uh, that scene, right? Mm-hmm. So she's talking to Ephraim, and you know, she goes on this again on the nose. Nine Eleven. She talks about how her husband died in the Twin Towers, and yep. uh, I feel like this was a very realistic monologue of what people had to go through, mm-hmm. um, where it's like you know, ne- you don't know if they're alive or if they're dead, and even if. They account for most people. They'll, if they can't find them, like you, you'll never truly know. Yeah. Like so, it's 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 definitely a very good touching moment. It she was, actually, it's probably the best it, scene she's delivered in the show, and, and it was yeah. spot on. It was accurate because the way she described it was exactly the way it happened. People just waiting for you know survivors to come. People waiting to donate blood for people who never showed up. You know, so she was she's very accurate. So that was something I think really did justice. And, that along with all of all of the one on one scenes in this episode worked very well, like each and every one. It's they're they're really onto something in these last two episodes, so I have to give them that. Yeah, I think I mean the writers have been smarter. Yeah, as opposed to last season, for God's sakes. <sighs> um, so she keeps talking about, and this was actually this is a 
well done scene because it took a character I didn't necessarily care about at all <laughs> and like was fairly realistic with like what would you be thinking about if somebody told you you're going to die in two mm-hmm, hours mm-hmm. like and not even die like you're going to be the one to have to put a gun to your mouth and kill yeah. yourself in two hours or have yeah. someone kill you yeah so like she's just talking about just inane stuff that is just the stuff to be on your mind like Who's going to delete my web browser history? Oh, who's going to like, uh, who's going to take care of my garden? Who's mm-hmm. going to do my dishes in the sink? Like, I don't want somebody to have to do that because then I'm the person who died and left dishes to do. Like, you know, it's, it, it was, it was well written. Um, and then she he says, you're clean and she doesn't believe him. She like, kisses him. I didn't believe him either. I'm like, why didn't you check her chest? Why didn't you check her scalp? Why didn't you check her back? Cause well, Fett ain't like that. You might have wanted to check the chest after the kiss. You know what I mean? You never know. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but Fett's got Dutch living with him now. He can check that chest. But I mean, F, F, you know, he's free. Yeah. He's, he's single. single he's guy. recently single. He's, he's, he's single. He's in the area. You know, he's looking. He's, he's looking recently, recently not a father. Oh. Recently oh. single. Oh, no, no, no. I, I think he's found a drinking buddy in Dutch. Nah, I don't. I, he wouldn't do that. You don't think? Here's how it goes, right? They get out of the taxi and the Strigoi's sitting there, gets up and is like, Hello, Ephraim. You want to know about your son? What's happened to my son? Here are the papers for child support. Send it to this address. <laughs> Kelly, you bitch! <laughs> Damn it, Kelly! You've been served. You have you, been served. You've been served. I'm out. I don't, I'm not giving you joint custody either. <laughs> <laughs> Messed up. Um, meanwhile, you have uh, you have Dutch and Fett having their embarrassingly awkward moment in public in front of everybody. Yeah. Meanwhile, there's some, tons of people who have obviously just been killed because they got infected when they exploded. So they found that to be an opportune time to just... Have a conversation in the middle of the war. Hey, yeah. Is that my shirt? So, uh, so uh, how's uh, how's Nikki doing? She went with the mother. I wasn't invited. Oh, that good. sucks. <laughs> like good. Is that my shirt? Are you wearing my shirt? You wearing my shirt? Oh, yeah, and I'm wearing your underwear too. That sucks. <laughs> like, what can he say? She's like, just like I that can sucks. Stay at your place. <laughs> can I just stay at your room for a few days while I while I get out of dumpster diving? Oh, that sucks. <laughs> like, like, what can he I say? I love how you start each of his statements with ah. Oh, that sucks. Ah, <laughs> oh, we killed the master. We took out the Wi-Fi. Ah. Oh. Chop his that head sucks. clean off. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this was just a very cringeworthy moment between the, It yeah. was written to be that way. Yeah, but, but you're, like you're still the like, whole time you're looking at it like, guys, just, just you say you're sorry. You say you're like sorry. I, get I almost, together. I almost wanted Satrakian to come in and I'm like, I, I think you two need to get your priorities in order <laughs> because this is bullshit. <laughs> You know what I was thinking in that scene when uh, she was like, can I stay at your place? I'm like, well, is she going to have to pay half the rent? And I'm like, wait, nobody has to pay there rent in the city no anymore. Rent, man. Like, yeah, I'm like, this is kind of ideal. Nobody has to pay rent there's anymore. There's no rent, just like there's no places to go drink late at night. I feel like, <laughs> right? Well, they were, I they mean, were, is McDonald's open 24-7 or something? They were, like, they were, were playing they, on, yeah, they, they were, were going to go, joking. they were going to break yeah. in and still <laughs> drink. But uh, I, just, I, I just think it's funny because I was waiting for Fett to be so savage. Like, I was waiting for him like, oh. By the way, I uh, fucked some girl at the bar the other night. <laughs> like, just, like, it was good, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, he did, didn't he? I everybody, forgot. <laughs> everybody in the chat loved it. <laughs> you got to pay for half, you know, go Dutch. <laughs> oh, my God. So we're bad oh, people. Um, so she and Feralda ends her scene with, I'm having a moment of extreme clarity here. I'm going to go fuck some shit up. 
Pardon the language. I'm she, I, I'm cursing a little too much with... right now. I'm sorry, guys. That's that's my bad. I'm gonna try to tone it down. I, I let one slip, and it just kind of started a waterfall. It's a cascade. <laughs> cascade. Uh, I feel like now would be a great time to tell you guys that if you like the show, you can go to iTunes, rate us five stars, give us a comment, we'll give you a shout out. I haven't got one last week, so I don't have any to shout out, but I will shout out the uh, the live chat, which uh, the Renji nine zero nine nine eight Adam Fink G Co the third turd um, the third turd. Devin Moran uh, Haywood Wong Mr Gary needs a beauty. Thanks for tuning in live, guys. Again, we. We, uh, we start the show at uh, 9 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Sundays. Also, hit that thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, it helps us out a lot. It keeps us searchable. Plus, you can leave a comment after the uh, show ends, and it'll be saved. The live chat doesn't save, and, you know, that helps us out, too. And you know what? Another way to help us out is helping out our sponsors. We provide all of our shows free of free of uh, charge here at AfterBuzz yep. TV. You know, you might get an ad before the YouTube show, but, you know, we can't help that. But on iTunes, you know, everything's free. And we don't really make any money doing this, so to help us out, one of the things you guys can do is to support our sponsors. One of our sponsors is DraftKings. Guys, at DraftKings.com, you don't need to come in first place to cash in. Okay. I, w- I won nope. $9 on DraftKings. Did you guys know that the player who finished 800th in week one's biggest fantasy football contest took home $100? What? Oh, 800. What? Wow. There's like only 800 people left in New York at this point on the string. <laughs> so like, if everyone in New York played DraftKings, they would have all at least won some money before they sure. were brutally, horribly turned into Stragoy. But guys, this weekend... DraftKings is hosting another huge fantasy contest with over $1 million in total prizes up for grabs. It is the destination for one-week fantasy football. Play whatever you want with the players you want. Just pick your contest, draft your teams, and follow the action live. Whatever your level of fantasy expertise, DraftKings has something for everyone. But don't wait, guys. Get to DraftKings.com now and choose your players for this weekend's contest. Enter promo code BUZZ. And play for free with your first deposit. Again, that's promo code BUZZ to play for free for your share of over $1 million in total prizes this weekend. Only at DraftKings.com. Eligibility restrictions may apply. See website for details. But I mean, if like 800th place wins 100 bucks, like... Pretty good. I need to dollar, get me some of that. Bill, Maybe I can do better than the $9 I won last season. I know, right. And if you win <laughs> 800th place, like... Let's say thirty five hundred thousand times, you could afford to buy your own lumen. Well, yeah, that's true. It was thirty five million, so you know, just play DraftKings for like thirty years, and you'll win a lumen. Uh, so let's get back into it with Ephraim. Good old F. F. Ephraim's kind of like a he play. He's kind of like a wiggly worm who goes oh, play on words. Mm-hmm. Funny uh, goes through the storylines today. So Quinlan and Ephraim, he stitches up. He stitches up Quinlan, and he's kind of just voicing his opinions to the knocked out corpse of Quinlan. Everyone last week was saying Quinlan was dead. I'm like, no, there's no way nah. they're killing Quinlan. Nah, not yet. Um, F is blaming Quinlan for not having his son back. Mm-hmm. Basically, he's like, you get your thing. You got to kill the master. You get the book back. I don't get my son because apparently I'm not smart enough to distrust a bag over a small child's head. Yeah, he's being victim-y. He should have very victim-y. The second he saw that bag on that kid's head, he should have been like, audible. Like, he should have just called an audible immediately, got so Quinlan out there. And- we move on to a life lesson of a drunk mind speaks a sober mind. Mm-hmm. Um, as Ephraim confesses to stealing the book with Quinlan. 
Yes. Not a good thing to do with Fett. And then starts like... Pisses them off. Mouthing off to Satrakian. Yeah. And then Fett just knocks him in his face and says, get the fuck out. That was a good That was a good hit, too. It was. Yeah. yeah. Very good hit. I'm, I like seeing that from Good Shot. Get, like, punched. It's fun. Um, <laughs> I like that they kick him out at night. Yeah. Like, they're, just they're, like, like, they're like, we don't care. They're like, get out of here. But it's nighttime, guys. I don't care. <laughs> I, I don't care. You took the book. I am really angry with you for taking the book. I would rather you leave now. Um, so he's drunk, gets in the taxi cab, goes home, and there's knocking at the door. He falls asleep in his shoes. I like how people sleep in their shoes on this show. Man, you gotta, you gotta sleep be in your shoes. What well, would you, you never, do? You never know. You gotta get them. up. You gotta get up and you gotta like yeah. shake somebody. You got your work boots. <laughs> gotta stay. You know, gotta stay ready. You never know. Yeah. Always ready. So Dutch comes in randomly. She's like, I'm going to go back to where I was because I don't want to live in a dumpster. Why didn't you come back earlier, Dutch? I guess self-pity, maybe. I don't know. So F walks in on Dutch peeing. She's wasted. They get wasted together. They're going to drink away their sorrows together. Uh, Hashtag peeing with the door open because (laughs) I'm like, why are you peeing with the door open? Like She's acting like that's her place. Like, she walked I in, know. like, that was, she didn't even, she wasn't like, may I come in? He opened the door, she burst past him. She had, like, she, like, that's her place. Like, <laughs> excuse you, me? When you gotta go, you gotta go. And well, when you're yeah. super drunk, any place is your place. I guess, good I, point. You are right about that. Very good point. I mean, what do you care more about at that moment? Peeing or being seen peeing? Peeing. Exactly. I gotta, I gotta pee. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we get a great moment with Dutch here where we kind of, uh, are a reminder to the fact that these characters remember stuff from two episodes ago, except for Zach. Zach doesn't remember anything from anything. But Dutch remembers Icor's torture Zach. dungeon, uh, and she says, "Like I always have nightmares." She gets about three three hours of sleep before she wakes up feeling like she's choking. Because I mean, let's be honest: you can definitely get PTSD from being locked up naked in a room with a chain around your neck, dragging you towards a sacrificial head stump. Mm. Yeah, and that was a very Eat this pineapple. Those eat this pineapple, yeah, Michael. Those, those episodes were very, very. It's a Nazi pineapple. <laughs> Nazi. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're evil. <laughs> but those those episodes were very intense. Yeah. Like when she was the, the and that's the kind of intensity that we saw sort of in the tunnel for a second. Um. So like I can definitely see why she she's a little she's a little on edge after that. You know she's she's. Slightly on edge. Hopefully she's ready for some payback, though. That's what yeah. I think. Because when she, when F's talking about Satrakian and Fett, and she finds his taser, and she's like, let's go out, I think she wants revenge on Icorce. She's like, let's find Icorce, in her mind, I think. Yeah. Mm. Um, so then they're drinking together. They're like, food time! Let's go to dinner! Drink <laughs> <laughs> a bug. <laughs> Orange mocha frappuccinos. Like, like, oh, it, yeah. It was like, let's go a night on the town. We'll get some drinks. Need some more liquid sustenance. Snap your fingers. And get in the taxi cab. Oh, shit. Stragoy in the back. Like, hey, guys, can you drop me off at... Right. <laughs> uh, by the way, can you drop me off on third? Uh, just right around the corner. This is what I was saying. They should have just taken an Uber. By the way, they're both wasted. Yeah. Um... And they're like, it's nighttime, we're wasted, there's things that want to kill us everywhere, great time to be alive and go out. Things that want to kill us probably even more than they want to kill other people, because we're like the the, the leaders of the, like, I guess, resistance. Like, Viva la resistance! <laughs> I just, I hate, I hate that they're doing kind of the thing that The Walking Dead has kind of done, where they are 
eliminating the threat mm. that the monsters have. Yeah. Like when there's a Strigoi in the backseat and they just don't even flinch and they're just like fine with it. They're like, yeah, he was in there. Yeah. What yeah. you want me to do? He was in there. I should lock the car. <laughs> right? I'm going to daze him. Oh, yeah, daze him. He's going to be fine. Wake yeah. up in the morning with a headache. Like, it's just kind of like, okay, so you're not afraid of them anymore? You're just totally, like, fine? I guess it's because that's, that's their, their daily... Normal. Yeah, that's yeah, their that's, daily... That's their new normal now. I guess maybe because it's their, they're always in perpetual danger. Yeah, So but they're just like, ah, it's another 28 one. days later, you have people who are always in perpetual danger, and one drop of blood gets on you, and they're going to be infected. And they're never just like, oh, it's just another one. They're like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I, I have, probably would have been a little more They have too scared. much plot armor. Yeah, way too. But someone, constantly on this the is going to sound bad, though. but someone needs to die. Someone serious needs to die. Like Nora died, but they, you know, they killed Coco. Man, Coco. Coco Chanel. And I saw Coco in something else recently on another show. But anyway, oh, <laughs> I was like, oh, look at Coco. She's a hard one to forget. <laughs> and now look at what he has to work with. I mean, not, not, no, She's no diss to the new to the new help, but just saying that she is a different. Uh, a different level of assistant mm-hmm. than Coco was. She's closer to his age range. <laughs> um, so I like that he turns on the meter, though. Yeah. <laughs> that was cute. He was like, uh, let's just go and keep this professional, though. So then the master speaks through the thing, and it's like, he is with me. He is always with me. Mm-hmm. Um, a little creepy. Creepy, yeah. creepy, creepy. It would have been nice to get a little bit of, like, a... I guess at least a little bit of trash talk from F because even though he still has his son, I mean, we chopped off your head and we still have the book. We got a couple of points too. You know, we can we can gloat a little bit. It's just it's dumb to me for one reason. And it's like this is what I kind of get angry about is that like what's your biggest what's your biggest advantage in tactical combat? Surprise. Right? True. Yeah. So they all think the master's dead. And then the master just decides within one episode to, like, out himself as being alive. Like, couldn't he have done something, like, so dastardly? Like, very showy and yeah, very, pretended very... to be dead for a while to yeah. lure them all into one place and then just kill them all? Well, to me, it's like, what's the point of everything they went through in the last episode only to be back where they started at the end of this episode? But there's a red worm we didn't know about. Well, yeah, but now he's, he's going to find a new host and it's going to be like, oh, all that was for nothing. You know, I mean, yeah, pretty much. Just this like in season is- one, when they got him in the in in the in the light, and it's like, oh, now he's just gonna find a new host, and everything's back to normal. <laughs> yeah, now it's uh, it's definitely flamethrower time. They have to burn, <laughs> they have to burn his whole now like the master's whole body. Season fourteen, <laughs> Keith Richards is the new master. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can take it for fourteen. We know that Keith Richards will never die. Um, all right, let's move on to Satraki and Quinlan. Uh, basically, this is a tracking storyline. I'm going to just run through it real quick because we're running out of time. Uh, it's a tracking effect. They think they killed the master. Stagoria growing fail, uh, feral. Fett's excited to exterminate. Uh, Ephraim asking the flam, and then Fett socks him out. Whatever. Uh, weird talking from a Satrakian from that scene. Uh, Quinlan and Satrakian. Quinlan wakes up, and they mention that life right now is like purgatory. Quinlan thinks he killed the master, but Satrakian's like, well, you're still alive. Is there any way that that could be true, That or that could be false, the legend, that if he dies, you die? And he's like, well, I don't know. Duh. I've only killed yeah. him once. Um, <laughs> so then Satrakian's super skeptical because Satrakian obviously saw the red worm, but apparently didn't want to tell anyone else. Uh, Quinlan and the Ancients 
Uh, he was weakened briefly. Now he's formless. And he's like, well, what does that mean? He's like, oh, he hasn't taken another body. You didn't kill the red worm. What freaking red worm? <laughs> Why didn't you tell me? Meanwhile, Quinlan is deciding to display all of the emotions that the audience of The Strain are thinking. It's like, you assholes! You didn't <laughs> tell us about the damn essence worm! Maybe they didn't expect him to ever like succeed, maybe? I don't know. Because it does seem like very pertinent information. Very pertinent. Like, hey, just in case you cut off his head or, like, one of his body parts, there's a big red worm. You need to smash that, kill it, burn it, you know, drown it, and do whatever you And then you, you get do. to die. <laughs> well, yeah, and then you die, too. It's like me telling you, Mike, it's like, Michael, if you want to get rid of your roach problem, you have to kill the roaches in this position. And you're like, okay, I killed them. Wait a second. Did you burn them or just kill them? <laughs> you told me to kill them. You didn't tell me to burn them. Oh, you got to go back. Oh, Do you it again. <laughs> oh, it's going to be worse Sorry. than before. God. So he's obviously pissed off. It was great seeing him go off. He's just like, man, you guys are just husks and mofos. You're just yeah. sitting here doing nothing. Yeah, because they don't really look that powerful. I'll be yeah. honest. They don't, they don't really <laughs> scare me. They're just like this. Like, yeah. It's like, you're not really doing much, guy. Okay, you got your army. You'll never see me again. You'll never see me again. (laughs) Take a good long. Imagine it's like that awkward thing that happens when you say goodbye to somebody, and then you're like walking out the same way. (laughs) (laughs) It's like when that guy's like, "You'll never see me again." It's like, "Oh, I'm I'm going out this way too. This way too." Okay, well you'll you'll never see me again after after we go, and then they're like walking down the street together. You oh, I'm going this way too. Oh, this is awkward. Yeah, let's just just agree to ignore each other. I'm gonna just wait and let you get like (laughs) ten steps ahead of me. Um, so Quinlan's obviously pissed off. Rightfully so. That's where we leave off here. So we don't know what Quinlan's going to do now. He's going off the grid. Well, I'm interested to see if, like, how he attacks the master now. Like, is he going to try to wait for him to get a new form? Or is he going to try to, I guess, track down the worm somewhere in the... Because catacombs. Well, that's or like trying to find a needle in a haystack, though. Let yeah, me find a let me find a worm here in New York City. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. But I mean, I guess he they have to know where they're, or I guess a good idea of where. Well, they know where the master like, is hiding. Yeah. F talked to the master, and the master said, "I'm with him always." So oh, yeah. now they have to find Zach to find the master. I think true. that's their next thing. Is like, okay, before he finds a new host, we got to find him, and he said he's with Zach. So let's track Kelly. Mm. Oh, what if... We're in predictions now. We, I'll save we for say that we're in predictions. After Buzz okay. TV predictions. So. so I predict that the worm is going to go into Kelly and she will be the new host. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Well, I predict that we have another great episode. And that will be a streak, people. A streak. It's called the turkey. <laughs> <laughs> no, and boy, you get well, three yeah, strikes, yeah, you, you get, get a turkey. Three strikes, you get a turkey. Yeah, I'm hungry. <laughs> I I think that Sir Trakian should talk normally next episode. <laughs> It'd be really nice. I think next episode we're going to get the warehouses. Uh, we're going to get whatever, because okay. we built up Feralda in this episode. So I think now that she's been pushed, which is exactly what Eichhorst talked about last episode, because he was like, we need to get her to start taking blood from everybody mm-hmm. uh, against their will. Now that she's been pushed to go against the press yeah. and to go and to already condone these chain gangs... I think next episode, Icorus makes his move using Eldritch Palmer to have Feralda start getting the getting what they needed. So she's going to start playing into the hand. This whole reporter thing was just a method of Icorus, I believe, to get her to play loose with 
her morals so yeah, you can convince liber- her to civil do... liberties and stuff. Yeah, because and... with the destruction of civil liberties, it lets the master do what he wanted to do in the first place. So that's where we're going with Feralda. Uh, and we're going to see some people on hooks in the in the, yeah. in the blood on factories. Hooks are, are hooking up. I think no. F and Dutch are going to hook up. I don't think so. I think I... F and... Oh, F and Dutch. I thought you were talking about Fett and Dutch. Yeah, maybe F and Dutch. Mm-hmm. But... No, they seem more like friends to me. I don't think that'd make. Yeah, I, I hope not. That that's fast girl, man. That's fast girl. But I think we're gonna see I'm like girl. the warehouses. <laughs> I think we'll see the warehouses at least one warehouse operational with people on hooks just being transported around mm. on meat hooks. Yeah, because we need to we need to get some kind of payoff yeah. We from do that. need to move that forward, and we need to move Eldridge forward with whatever he's gonna do with the white as well. Yeah. So, so uh, Haywood Wong asks, "Can Mister Del Toro get the show back on the track, or is it too late?" I mean, with the last two episodes, I say yes. Um, I think the last two episodes are really good. This episode yeah. and last week's. Um, it's just, it's not moving forward fast enough. It's like you two steps forward, three steps backwards to me. But again, you have to realize that Del Toro is not like hands on with yeah, the show yeah. as much as you think he is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he created the concept, you wrote the books, but it's. And it's, I believe he's a producer. Yeah. But producer is a very. It's, it's like the same way that George R. R. Martin with the Game of Thrones the show. Like, yeah. He lets the creators do what they're doing. He'll make some decisions here or there, but it's it's not like that. So that's our show, guys. Thank yeah. you for tuning in in the live chat. Again, uh, please go to DraftKings.com. Play for this weekend's uh, first deposit free with promo code <laughs> BUZZ. Go to iTunes, rate us five stars, leave us a comment. I'll refresh yes. it right now in case anyone got in the last hour. But uh, where can we find you guys on Twitter? You can find me at uh, the Stacy Newsom. That's S T A C E Y N E W S O M. You can find me at One Youngster, which is O N E Y O U N G S T A. And you guys can find me on Twitter at Stephen Lemieux, S T P H E N L E M I U X. As well as doing the South Park after show here, Wednesdays at 11 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you love South Park, it's very topical this season, so it's going to be great. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see you next week for season three, episode five of The Strain, entitled Whatever It's Going to Be. All right, see you then. <laughs> From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 